This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Well, traffic is pretty busy down in the RDS. Some of you may have felt he was down. It's because of Mark Zuckerberg. Others because Ava Longoria or whatever her name was was down there. But Longoria. No. Right, but I don't care. I was only looking at her ankles. Oh, stuff. She wore incredibly high heels. But anyway, don't deflect me. Don't, no, no. That traffic was caused by the fact that Philip Malloy was down there delivering a lecture. <laughs> <laughs> At the Web Summit, nobody asked me to go to the Web no, Summit. I was just, I was emceeing the what they call the film stage. Um at the summit, they, for the first time, as I think I said to you, they have introduced uh, a film sort of strand to the program. This yeah, year. but but this makes you an international figure. Oh, yeah. You're up there now with Ava Longoria and and Mark Zuckerberg. Don't have me to answer me about that. Being up there <laughs> with Ava Longoria. No, all right, okay. You want to say something about superheroes? Well, it's an amazing phenomenon, I have to say. And uh, for the next five years, a remarkable 30 superhero movies will actually be distributed by by the main, I suppose, uh, uh, film studios in America. Uh, Warner Brothers, um, Disney, 20th Century Fox, um, Sony, uh, and who else? Well, they're the main ones. But can I ask you a question? Mm. When we were growing up, mm. we used to read comics, right? Mm. So there was Batman and mm. there was there was uh, Superman and all this sort of thing. These 30 superheroes, are they now being made up by Hollywood or are no, they no, they're your uh, guys. from the comic days? No, no. What, what happened was that uh, Marvel Comics was actually bought by Disney in 2008 and it was bought for $4 billion. And an awful lot of people thought it was mad at the time. But so far... Disney uh, has made seven billion out of that four billion investment, and it's done. I mean, it, it's 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 jacked up repeatedly, jacked up the uh, the share price of Disney, Disney share price. Um, so that's basically what you have now. Uh, okay, if if you look back at the recent sort of history of uh, superheroes, you might have said, well, surely DC Comics with Superman and that were ahead. But they weren't. And when, after uh, Marvel um, was bought by Disney, they absolutely took off with Thor, Captain America, Iron Man. All of these have been enormously successful, George. And so what they're doing now is they're adding new superheroes. There's a debate going on with um, Robert Downey Jr. Um, about Iron Man and whether Iron Man will, in a standalone film, will come back. He is in, in the Avengers Assemble, uh, the second film in that. But whether he'll come back in an Iron Man or not, he hasn't sort of said yet but all of the others are continuing the uh, the Thors and the Captain America and those are continuing but as well George they're actually adding new characters like the Black Panther which would be the first black superhero and uh, the first woman superhero Captain Marvel Uh, so they're adding those and what will happen now is uh, DC Comics hold on hold on hold on on, on no you hold on hold on a sec DC Comics which is owned by Warner Brothers is hitting back and they have um, a film coming out next year I think it's next year called uh, Batman vs. Superman uh, Dawn of Justice and then they also have Suicide Squad Wonder Woman and Flash They've announced oh, 10 new no. movies. There's a couple of things I want to talk about. But do, do, is it not amazing that 30 over five years, George? I don't know. That's an 
average of six a year, for God's sake. I don't know. I think they're, they're, they're certainly going to burn themselves out. Oh, of course they're going to burn themselves out. Do you want to listen to me now? Or okay. is this going to be the, Hamlet's uh, soliloquy just, for 40 well, minutes? That, that would be a shocker, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think you're wrong mm. that the female superhero is called Captain Marvel. Why? Because in the comics, of which I'm an expert. Well, I'm not. Yeah, well, I am. Mm. Because I was reading them as a kid in Cork. Yeah. It was Mary Marvel. There was Captain Marvel. There was Captain Marvel Jr. Maybe Mary and Marvel. And there was Mary Marvel. I will, I will not say, I will not suggest, I will not pretend to be any kind of expert on comics. All right. Okay. Now, it's interesting that now, you mentioned if, yeah, all that. Now, should we say, just to give me a, 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 a chance here, should we Should we just invite uh, listeners to say what their you know, the top superheroes are? And I'll mention my top three. Okay. okay. Uh, listeners, uh, <laughs> keep your man Malloy quiet for a couple of minutes. Send us. My number. Your, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Send us your favorite superheroes to 53106. Now, it's, it's hard work. Lord Malloy is going to announce. My, my top three would be, I absolutely love uh, The Dark Knight, which is the second of the three uh, Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I think that's very good. And I actually love, I really liked the first of the Captain America movies. And I think it worked because it was actually set during the Second World War and they left the character in that period without bringing him, you know, uh, forward or anything like that. I think that worked. And then I liked Avengers Assemble. I thought Avengers Assemble um, had a great sort of sense of humor. Uh, it was very well, very well built and very well structured. And it was very entertaining. All right. So that's what I have is Dark Knight, Captain America and Avengers Assemble. All right. Now, my three favorite superhero movies. You, you are haven't the, seen any superhero movies. Don't you dare. Don't what what you have you seen? Are you going to allow me to say my top oh, three? God forbid that I should stop you. Go All on. Right. My favorite three are Superman 1, Superman 2, and Superman 3. Because they're the only three I've seen. <laughs> Superman 3. Oh, God. I liked Superman 1. I liked the first one. Which uh, one was Glenn Ford in? The first one. What's then that? Ford actually played his father. In yes. It. Yeah. So he was in the first one. And Marlon Brando? Marlon Brando was obviously in the first one. And Marlon Brando, won, he played Kal-El, which was his yeah. space father. And he absolutely got a But But seriously, now, can I just talk to you about Superman yeah. for a minute? Yeah. Wasn't Christopher Reeve an inspired piece of yeah. casting? God, yeah. God well, bless that, that happens. Dead, that, so. that happens regularly. And a lot of people, and I would be one of them, would contend that the casting of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man had exactly the same effect. Because Robert Downey Jr. brought all kinds of personality to that part. You might sort of say, this guy that he plays uh, was basically, I suppose he was a kind of Cold War figure, George. All right. You know, okay. he, was in, he was in the armaments industry and you would have sort of constantly, you would have said he was a right winger. But he, he brought all kinds of extra human dimensions to him and it worked. Okay. And I think that with uh, what, what you're saying, with Christopher Reeve, I suppose it was a camp sort of approach too, um, but he brought a lovely droll quality. To oh, it, I thought it was yeah, wonderful. Yeah. The, the thing was what I thought, I, I saw Batman in its television form. Do you oh, remember yeah, a yeah. television series? Talk about camp. Yeah. Yeah. But the bad guys in the Batman yeah. series on television, yeah. I think, were better than the bad guys in the movies. I know, I know. I don't. I don't get go that far now. You know, I know. I know that. I know that. You know, people like Burgess Meredith, yes. Cesar Romero, and all of those guys were absolutely played good bad, good bad guys. Uh, and there were there were people queuing up uh, 
at that stage uh, to play bad guys in the Batman series. But I don't know. I mean, I think I, I like, for instance, I like Gene Hackman in the in as Lex Luthor, Mr. Luthor in the first of the uh, Superman movies. Yes, I did. Yeah, I, I thought he was very, very good. But now, who's this Christopher Nolan bloke, and what movie has he got? You see, this is this is it. You see, this is what I'm dealing with here. You know, who is Christopher Nolan? Well, hold a minute. Okay. I was watching the, the movie last night. Deadly watching it. It was fabulous. How was it? How was it? Right? How was it? Brandon De Vilda was in it, or Brandon De Wilde, <laughs> as you'd probably call him. My Wexford accent. Yeah. Brandon De Wilde, yeah. 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 Alan Ladd. Yes. I saw Shane. Shane. Yeah. It was, I tell you, Van Heflin. No, it what, it what was your one's name again? Uh, Jean Arthur. Jean Arthur. She was with Jimmy Stewart in a couple of his black she and was, white movies. She was, yeah. I watched it last night and I just said, if there are. Where did pe- you see it now? On my television. No, oh, I see. It there, was one day Sky Movies. Yeah, well, just, but, just, but, but, I know, I, mean, I, I, I know you go on about it, but just to say once again, there's a gorgeous version of it on Blu-ray. It is looks there? good. Yeah, uh, you know, you know where, you know where the the ranch is out in this kind of open area, yeah. and you see the, the 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 mountains in yes. the background, and at the beginning of it, you see this figure dressed in buckskin coming towards the ranch, yeah. played by Alan Ladd and E. Shane. And uh, oh, that, that stuff was gorgeous in it. But it was a very well thought out Western as well, I thought, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I even last night, I must say, when your man started, when the kid, Brandon yeah, DeVilda, yeah, yeah. when he starts shouting, Shane, 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 back, Shane I yeah. love you, Shane. Oh, I thought it was brilliant. But my point, sorry. Jack Palance played the baddie. Yeah. The point I want to And Elisha make. Cook Jr., I know I'm interrupting <laughs> all the time. No. Elisha <laughs> Cook Jr. played Stonewall, the little guy. I remember who gets <sighs> shot. In the but anyway, the point I was going to make was that there is a whole generation of people that wouldn't have seen it. That wouldn't have seen that. Wouldn't you agree? I I think you're probably right. I hate to admit that that sort of thing because I do think that when people say I don't like black and white movies and all that kind of stuff, that they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. It wasn't black the, and white, of course. No, it wasn't. This is a great sort of 20th century art and entertainment form and people have it there. It's there. It's there at yes. their fingertips. They can watch anything, any of these movies. And I think it's really silly to be dismissing it like that. I would recommend now with you, I presume, that people go out and have a look at Shane. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, in Blu-ray is a great example yeah. of if they've got a Blu-ray player. Anyway, who's and this Christopher, Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Is he, he one of the Nolan sisters? No, he has a movie out called Interstellar and it's yeah. his first film since the, the Batman trilogy. He directed the Batman trilogy and it's this vast, clunky space epic set at an unspecified time in the future when drought and blight have ruined the sort of countryside. And Matthew McConaughey, he's, a, he's a, a sort of an unusually heroic role in this. He plays this kind of test pilot and an engineer who stumbles on a NASA plan to find a new home for mankind and offers to lead this four-person mission um, uh, out into the galaxy to test the succession of alternatives to Earth. So that's basically what it's about. Now, it's inspired by 2001, A Space Odyssey. Um, Nolan has said repeatedly that he loves 2001 and he loves Kubrick. And um, 
as you might expect from something like this, I think it cost $160 million. Uh, it, it, it boasts a succession, I suppose, of extravagantly mounted and impressively delivered set pieces. Where it fails is in matching the space story with the human story. And Nolan has always been weak on the human side. And then there, there, about the last third of it, this mad scientist figure, I won't tell you who he's played by because it'll be given too much away. But this mad scientist figure comes into it and he looks like something out of out of the early um, Star Trek series. You remember the early Star Trek, yeah, yeah, the first yeah, three. It looks yeah. like something like that. And then they negotiate. They uh, they negotiate this wormhole in space, space, and they debate theories advanced by Einstein, Stephen Hawking, and the nuclear physicist Kip Thorne. And they talk about black holes and relativity and singularity and the fifth dimension until you're lost and they're lost. <laughs> So, there you are. Is it any wonder I don't know who your man Christopher Nolan is? Because he's no good, you yeah. say. And it, just, but just to me- yeah. mention the cast, though, George, look at that cast. Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, Casey Affleck, that's Ben Affleck's brother, um, uh, Nolan regular Michael Caine. He's been in uh, practically... Michael Caine? Yeah, yeah. So he's ja- older than me. Is he that old? <laughs> John Lithgow and Matt Damon. So they're all in it. John Lithgow was in... That space kind of series, well, Third Rock from the Sun. Oh, he was, yeah, yeah he was, yeah, was yeah. yeah. Actually, he's a lovely comic actor. And um, he's remember, be now remember that Cliff Robertson movie directed by Brian De Palma, Obsession. Yeah, I got that on DVD this week, and he has he has a big role in it. John oh, Lincoln. can I tell you something? Yeah. You know, I was in Chicago last week. Oh, everybody knows. Yeah, well, I'm in 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 the hotel, and I'm lonely, right? And I put on the telly, and <laughs> there's like America, there's sixty-seven channels all. All unwatchable. So I buy a movie, right? Mm. $23.19. Right? Dawn of Planet of the Apes. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. You must be joking. I just loved it. I gave up after 18 minutes. Yeah, but you didn't like the first one either. But the whole while now. Yeah. The... This is a serious. You would approach something like that now. You'd approach it with negative. Uh, you would. Yeah, you would. I admit that. Yeah. I paid twenty three nineteen for the privilege of yeah, being well, negative. Yeah, but that was your own fault. I no, mean, nobody hold, asked you to play twenty three nineteen. Yeah, but hold a while. Mm. This is computer generated stuff, and it looks it. I don't think so. It does so. Mm. And the second thing is, your man Caesar, the the the, the chimpo, yeah. the lead chimp. Yeah. He's not not in the same class as Roddy McDowell. Would you go far away, for God's sake? I mean, Roddy McDowell and those were in makeup and in... in, They looked more real. They were in suits. But they looked more real. No, they didn't. They looked like humans dressed up as... uh, And 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 I liked the first one. I liked the Charlton Heston. And the one that that couldn't speak with Charlton Heston, she was gorgeous. Come now, John. She couldn't speak. Do you remember? So that's what turned John. Was yeah. Anyway, anyway my movie, my movie of the week is a thing called the Skeleton Twins. Now, I've always been convinced. I haven't always been convinced. I have to say, by uh, that, sat- you know, that's the way these Saturday Night Live kind of graduates they they cross over yeah. into the cinema. I haven't. I have to say, been always always convinced by that because they tend to be a bit self indulgent and they tend to be self regarding. But Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader strike just the right note in this film, The Skeleton Twins. It's the story of an 
estranged brother and sister who reunite when they both coincidentally try to commit suicide on the same day. The idea might sound a little forced, okay, and maybe a little bit made up or whatever, but the movie is warm, I think, and funny and heartfelt. And thanks to the two leads, it effortlessly balances the light and shade in the story. It's directed by a guy called Craig Johnson. I got him up in Seattle last week, and he's on the picture show this weekend. All right. Uh, Now, we have uh, some light relief from Philip Malloy here. Uh, (laughs) I tell you, you shouldn't have said this. It's gone mad. Kevin Spacey was easily the best Lex Luthor's brain. And in in probably the worst of the Superman movies. Superman 5, I love. Mr. Unbreakable Dave. Roy in Roy of the Rovers, John. (laughs) The man from Atlantis, Paul. Oh, God. Three Auto Man, two Street Hawk, and one Night Rider, Fergal. That's what we mean to know what yeah, yeah. you know. One Night Rider. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool and Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel. So you're wrong, George, says Paddy. No, they're wrong. Wonder Woman. That puts yeah. in your place. She was gorgeous. <laughs> I pretend this is interesting. Uh, I preferred Wonder Woman in the comics. To the movie, there's an um, an Australian act or uh, an Israeli actress called Gal Gadot, um, who's playing Wonder Woman in that um, Superman movie, the new Superman movie, the Ben Affleck one that I've, and she then goes on as, as I understand it, to her own series, to her own. But franchise. but Wonder Woman was supposed to be sexy. You're one who played her. What was her name? The yeah, first yeah, one. What yeah. was her name? On TV. Yeah, what was her name? I forget what her name was. Yeah, but she, she wasn't, wasn't. She wasn't. No, she was very homely, wasn't she? Yeah. They, they, uh, Mick loves the Marvel superhero ones. Thor, Avengers Assemble. He likes Captain America. Uh, Captain Marvel uh, started, who was changed to a female character in the 60s. I wasn't reading comics so she, in the 60s. <laughs> so she underwent a sex change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Green Arrow, Jack Wants. Oh, Green Arrow. X-Man First Class uh, and uh, The Dark Knight is two and Spider-Man with the first one with yeah, Tobey yeah, Maguire. Yeah. Jack is stuck in traffic at the top of Haddington Road. That's because Philip was appearing yeah. on the World oh, Wide yeah. Web. Stop, will you? Mary, Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. They're all going for the Avengers Ensemble yeah, or whatever yeah, you call yeah, it. Yeah. George, I bet you never saw Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. No. Yeah. That's the, that one, that's the one I'm talking about, The Dark Knight. That's was my, that good? Oh, he was powerful. He was wonderful in it. All right. And he's a huge loss. I have to say he was an immensely talented actor. All right. The, 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 uh, ooh, the thing is, Captain Marvel apparently did undergo a sex change. This was caused okay. All right. by copyright. We'll move, we'll move on from that. Are we going to get in a clip here? Get a clip. Who okay. would I interview? How okay. would I interview what movie on your is, show? What movie is this from and who is the actor playing the politician? Now, I expect you to get this. I'm a politician, which means I'm a cheat and a liar. And when I'm not kissing babies, I'm stealing their lollipops. I have no idea. Uh, but do you not think he had a lovely voice? And oh, you t- yeah. you've talked about him again and again. Really? Yes. That's Richard Jordan. Is it That's really? Richard Jordan. In what movie? In, in The Hunt for Red October. Really? Yeah. He's he's talking to Jack Ryan. He's talking to Alec Baldwin's Jack Ryan at that stage. All right. I didn't like The Hunt for Red October. And But he, just to mention to people, he was this very cultured, very this Harvard-educated um, uh, actor, a New York actor, had a big stage career, and he moved between stage, television, and the cinema. But his movies included Lawman, Valdez is Coming. I love Valdez is Coming. Um, uh, the Friends of Eddie Coyle, great um, um, movie with um, Robert Mitchum. The Yaku- 
Yakuza, another Mitchum film, raised the Titanic total disaster. Remember, who was it? Someone said that it would have been cheaper to lower the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clive <laughs> Cussler wrote the book. That's right, Clive. Dune, Logal's Run, and and Rooster Cogburn. And as I said, he made dozens of television okay. uh, series, including The Captains and the Kings. <laughs> Interestingly, you thought it was fairly easy. Yeah. We had uh, we had fewer than usual winners. Yeah, uh, but we have one Colin Fogarty in Dublin has a Netflix subscription. Lucky him. Uh, somebody got tickets last night for Interstellar. Oh, Conal. Yeah. Did you give him away on the picture? We we gave him away last week. Oh, I wasn't here, of course. That's how I remember. You were in Chicago playing $23 for a... For the Planet of the Apes. Rob thinks Bill Bixby was very good in the whole. No, I always liked Bill Bixby. Uh, Remember the the series he had, the sitcom he had, My Favourite Martian? Yeah. A lovely old actor called Ray Walston in it. Remember him? Oh, Ray. He was wonderful. I tell you what, he was (laughs) wonderful in. Yeah. South Pacific. He was, he was, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is nothing like Like a a dame. Nothing in the world. (laughs) Anyway, uh, somebody is recommending, I think it's Sive, a West, great Western noir to watch is Blood on the Moon oh, with I Robert love it. Mitchell I and Barbara Belgettis. I love it, I love it, I love it. And it's one of Martin Scorsese's favourite movies. It's actually like a film noir set in the West. It's gorgeous, wonderful. Now, here's an interesting one I bet you didn't notice. Yeah, all right. In the Blu-ray version of Shane, yeah. in this opening sequence that you're ecstatic yeah. about, yeah. you can see a Greyhound bus in the background. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, so what? But, uh, you know, so what? It's what? I can't see it, okay? I can't see it. I've never seen it. I've watched Shane about half a dozen times, never seen it. So it it hasn't affected my viewing of Shane. All right. Apparently, Captain Marvel is a totally different character now because of the copyright <laughs> change. We got that. Uh, yeah, here's yeah. one for you now. Hmm. At the Lighthouse, Julie has just seen Barry Lyndon. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, yes. I hope she was listening to Dick Pope. We had Dick Pope, who's the cinematographer on Mr. Turner last week, raving about it on the picture show. I did the catering on that. On Barry Lynn, did you? Yeah. Gee, that was a big job. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. And he ran out of the country then because... The IRA sent him He said the IRA. (laughs) But they're all decent. Can I talk a bit about um, about, uh, brute force? You can talk about brute force. What's the brute force? Uh, okay, Arrow Video is this uh, relatively new uh, video company in England, and they're a British distributor, as I say, and they've they've been re- releasing a variety of uh, classic movies on Blu-ray and res- in a restored formats with absolutely great new extras. New, and this week I got uh, the Blu-ray version of Brute Force, and it has a great interview with this woman called Kate Buford, who is Burt Lancaster's biographer. And now we've always asked about Lancaster's career uh, you know how did he do it uh, uh, and why was he so good and one of the things that's always been sort of accepted is that he learned as he went along and he did but um, he, okay he was born in East Harlem and uh, he went to college for a while but then he decided as you well know to become an acrobat on the aerial on the bars you know and him and this little guy called Nick Cravat they hired this jalopy and went out into America and followed around circuses around and they were pretty awful apparently first but they looked great together this tall striking six foot two striking blonde uh, guy played, Bert Lancaster and little dark Nick Cravat alongside him uh, but 
But anyway, at the Second World War, he wasn't one of your guys who stayed at home during the Second World War. He actually joined up for the Second World War and they put him in an entertainment unit, right? And one of the things he did was uh, he, he, he was part of the 5th Army, I think it was, that landed in the boot, boot of Italy, was it? Right. Um, yeah, in 1944. And as I understand it from listening to Kate Buford, the boot of Italy was booby-trapped by, essentially booby-trapped by the Germans. So it was an absolute slaughter. Yeah. And apparently that went, that, that the winter was awful as well at that period. So one of the things he learned, George, was to actually entertain uh, people who basically were going to die, people who were, you know, mm. uh, you know, very far from the need or the necessity for entertainment. And he, his whole sort of approach to, to the job and what he did for, uh, and how, what he became um, changed. But anyway, he, what he did, he, he comes back, George, and he's, 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 uh, he's courting this woman called Norma Anderson. And he's going up to meet her in this office in New York, going up in the lift, and this guy keeps looking at him. And um, eventually he thinks it's a guy who fancies him or something. But uh, he goes into one office, into Norma Anderson's office. The guy goes into the other. And all of a sudden they get a phone call checking on who Lancaster is. Lancaster um, gets a job in this stage play. Uh, he's noticed on the stage. The play only lasts for three weeks, but he's noticed by, um, by uh, Paramount. Uh, he's taken by Hal Wallace under contract at Paramount. And at the part of the contract is that he would do... Uh, a, a, a movie of his own um, every year. And the three movies that he does, George, are Brute Force, uh, The Killers, and Criss Cross. And you couldn't beat better than that. Now, do you know what I thought he was fantastic at? Mm. Uh, um, with Virginia Mayo, mm. Nick Cravat, oh, of course. Stop, stop. Nick Cravat could yeah. never... Oh, yes, all, Nick yes. Cravat always played the deaf mute because the, obviously he had a bad voice. You're going to say the flame of the arrow. Flame in the arrow oh. because he does a wonderful yeah. stunt in that yeah. where he kind of swings about 90 feet and the fellas wouldn't believe that yeah. he did well, he, it he, himself. He, in that period I'm talking about, first of all, he had this film noir period and then he went on to that swashbuckler period that you're talking about and he was great in it. He oh, was he was. I thought uh, the flame in the arrow uh, was great. The other one, I must say, which, was, which, which wasn't uh, uh, um, and like a good guy. Was lawman for for uh, no he wasn't your, uh, your Michael Winner oh god did you not like lawman he couldn't direct the braid traffic on a wet afternoon in October he was ugh, stop did you not like lawman I thought it was okay of the of the movies that Winner made at that time it was probably the best of them well but, it was like Cheers Ed Charles Bronson but, but yeah yeah but he was a poor director George you have to say that I know you got on well with him you interviewed him in London he taught you were the bee's knees and the spider's ankles and all that kind of stuff but yeah there was something else I wanted to say to you oh yeah George, your hero, John Wayne the Pain, is getting a belated ass-kicking in the Daily Mail, draft uh, dodger that he was. All of a sudden, oh, stop. All of a sudden, I'm on John Wayne's side. The Daily Mail? Ugh. But why would the Daily Mail be talking about him? I don't, Well, you know the way they play up this pa- patriotic thing that, you know. All right, you know, all right, they yeah. Pr- but I mean, they're a bit behind the times. They're way he's behind the times. So you've been saying it for ages. Yeah, but he's been dead 20 years. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, I don't know why it's necessarily an issue. I, do you know something? A good friend of yours and a good friend of mine, mm. John Borman, yeah. has another movie 
just before we go and we're coming close, uh, tell me quickly about okay, it. Okay, it's Queen and Country and it's a, it's a follow-up to uh, Hope and Glory and it's set in the UK. Uh, well, it's set during, it's outside the UK as well, In uh, was it Burma or wherever it was set, uh, during the, the, the 50s and he was, he was doing national service at that stage. So it's that story and uh, he wrote it and has directed it and he was, he was getting worried that it was going to collapse at one stage and a friend apparently rang him up and offered uh, 300,000 euro uh, uh, as part of the the budget. So John was actually, he said on the picture show that he was worried uh, that he wouldn't be able to pay it back but it's now got release in the United States and Canada and it looks like he'll be able to, you know. All right, that's great news. Uh, Next Wednesday Philip Malloy will be back. Thanks for listening to this News Talk 106 to 108 podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.